Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. And joining me to talk Rockets trade deadline is the host of the Kiss of Death podcast, Michael Brown. Great to have you back, Michael. And we might as well just get right into this because there's a ton to talk about. And I'm just kind of curious, are you at all shocked the Rockets did nothing beyond the Steven Adams trade? No, I'm not. First of all, thank you for having me back. I, it's no, I mean, if you've listened to my show, you know, our show before, Jeremy and I, I am not a, a Stone guy. I don't like Raphael Stone. I don't trust him to build a contender. I think that they completely fumbled this trade deadline. Uh, I like Steven Adams a lot, but a guy who's 30, going to be 31, coming off a knee surgery to, to play legitimate backup center minutes next season is a scary proposition. Raphael Stone left the team in no man's land for this year. You know, and this, you didn't trade Jay Sean Tate. You traded away our best trade chip contract in Victor Oladipo for a guy who does nothing for us this year, and you threw in three second-round picks. I hate it. I hate what they did at the deadline. I don't know if I can make it any clearer. I mean, I just I, I don't like it. I'm not shocked. I don't trust Raphael Stone one bit to run this team. I think he needs to go as soon as possible if the Rockets are serious about winning. Yeah, I, I agree with you about Stone, and I'm going to get into Stone in a second, but I guess I'm not shocked for a couple of other reasons. First of all, they need to leapfrog two teams right now just to make the play in. Giving up mm -hmm. draft picks, even second-round picks, for bench-level players. And that's pretty much all that was dealt if you look around the transactions. I mean, doing all that when your best hope is the 10th seed and a one-game exit would not be wise, in my humble opinion. It's better to keep the salary and all the assets that you have for the summer, all these Nets first-round picks, uh, the second-round picks that you have left. And I'll get into the second-round picks in a second. But it's also worth factoring in this, Michael, and this is what we don't know. Van Vliet has an abductor strain. Their medical staff knows more than we do. This isn't talked about much right now, but is this really only going to be a couple of weeks, Michael? I mean, I don't I, know. I don't know either. And I like I like Aaron Holiday. I think Ahmed Thompson's playing at a much higher level now, which is great. You look around the league, I, I think it was definitely a, a quieter deadline, but I think there's numerous teams that did some things that I love. Look at Dallas. I think Dallas killed it at the deadline. To, and to get back to your question, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the Rockets are going to do with Van Fleet if he's out long-term. And I think the Rockets essentially are punting on the rest of this year. And I hate that. I'm never going to be a fan of that. I think they could have gone out and gotten some help. I think Corey Joseph's out there right now. Do the Rockets look to the buyout market to try and improve the roster? Probably not. But, you know, I think they like Ahmed Thompson. I think they like Aaron Holiday. I think the Rockets have a much bigger problem internally that I don't think anybody's talking about. And that's, in my opinion, what's going to be a growing rift between Ime Udoka and his direction for this team and the way this current front office approaches team building. There are numerous stories out there about how Ime wants them to win now. And good for him. I'm on team Ime Udoka on this all day long. Yeah. So, and and I, I'll, I'm going to get to that in just a second. I just want to run sure. over just some of the perspective yeah. deals before we move on. Because trust me, I, I want to talk Stone. The Rockets, they needed shooting. The Pacers get Doug McDermott from the Spurs for a future second round pick. Could the yep. Rockets have done that? The Pacers used three seconds to get Buddy Heal. Or they traded or they got, got three seconds, I should say, for Buddy Heald. Would it have been better for the Rockets to spend three seconds on Heald, which is an expiring contract, or Steven Adams, who can't play till next year? You know, I, I understand that from the Rockets' perspective, but also, Michael, the Mavs gave up a first-round pick. You mentioned the Mavs for Daniel Gafford. Rockets could have used the big man, but as I figured, they didn't want to give up their first-round picks, which have a higher value just for Gafford. And, and this is why I didn't really think the Rockets – we're going to be able to do much in the, in, the, in the trade season once the Stephen Adams for the seconds because they had lost a lot of their seconds. And we, we're going to get into that in a second, what happened to those second round picks. But they had lost a lot of those. So all that you had left to deal 
were those Nets first round picks, which if you're going to trade those, you want something way higher value than was available on the market, which I knew that was going to be the issue. Or, you know, you had guys that the Rockets didn't necessarily want to give up just for anything, because I, I still believe that they've got all of these salaries that are expiring or like almost salaries that they used because they knew they were going to deal them, the Jock Landells, the Jay Sean Tates, et cetera, et cetera. They, they, they didn't want to use that you know, powder, unless it was on maybe a bigger fish and the bigger fish just wasn't out there. Uh, look, I think he was, I think, he, I think Mikhail Bridges could have been had for the right price. And I think a lot of the Rockets fans are looking at the timeline, which I love. I love when people use that because it's an artificial timeline. Well, there, no you, one, say, you say they could have got Bridges for the, from everything that I've heard, like the Nets are one, you know, they, turn, they put out there or somebody's putting out there, they've turned down five first round picks for Mikhail Bridges. The Rockets, according to some reports, offer Jalen Green and some, if not all of those first round picks, and they turn that down. I don't know. Like, I don't I don't know how much of this is like the Nets saying this is what they're doing, and, and maybe that's not the way it went down, or that the Rockets did this and it didn't happen. I wouldn't have given all those first round picks no. and Jalen Green, but I mean, I could see I could see the point of giving up Jalen Green and a couple of those first round picks. I, you know, I had the conversation, you know, Jeremy and I had a show on earlier today. He thinks Jalen Green is a better player than than Mikael Bridges, which is asinine to me. I told him that on the show today. Yeah, I, I, love, doing sh- yeah, I, lo- I love doing shows with Jeremy because, and it's, you know, when I do shows like this, he and I, we have great back and forth because we come from very different philosophies as to building this team. For me, Mikael Bridges is a perfect fit for this team. I give up Jalen Green. Honestly, in that deal, and I know this might be unpopular, I would have given up Tari Eason as well. I would have done both of those guys, two or three first-round picks, done. Because Mikael Bridges is exactly the type of guy that this team needs. You put him next to Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Fleet and Shingoon. Now you're building out a roster. The problem with this team right now, dude, is this roster does not make any sense. It didn't make any sense at the beginning of the year. I like I like the talent on the team, but it doesn't fit. Like these guys, the rendition of this roster just does not fit. You have too many guys. Well, it, just- was, it wasn't going to fit. It was never going to fit, though, because you know you spent three years of, we got to get the best guy. You, you, and this is the right philosophy. You got six first round picks, relatively high first round picks. Mm-hmm. Those core six are on the roster. You basically, when you drop those guys, you go, okay, I need to get the guy that's the best shot at a home run pick. And the Rockets went for home run picks. And I frankly think they hit on some of those home run picks. And we can talk about that at some point. But forgetting all of that, you know, it wasn't going to fit perfectly. They brought in guys to role play around those guys and, and Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet. But just my my point, like I said at the beginning is, you know, you you just don't have enough of those guys. And and when you're relying so much on six guys that have played three years or less in the NBA to carry you to a 500 team and hopefully into the play. And it's just, it's, 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 it's not gonna work. But they're also like, as, as you say that they're right there. And that's, that's the problem that I have. The biggest problem that I have is either go in on the youth and don't bring in Fred Van Fleet and Dylan Brooks and Jeff Green, or go even more into that mindset of, okay, so we have those guys now. Let's go get them a Kale Bridges. That's the problem that I have is that they're trying to maintain this flexibility. If they would have continued to try and build around this roster right now, this is a playoff team. They are good enough. They're good enough. Again, though, they tried to get Bridges. I mean, that's... Yeah, for sure. They they did try to get them. Everybody's pissed off that they don't have a good big man, a good defensive big man. They tried to get Brooke Lopez. It failed, and then he did a bunch of stupid. Okay, let me just get into Rafael Stone. I'll just we might yeah, be no, into that. Absolutely. But his roster construction. You know, this is about the issue with his roster construction and it kind of the huge flops based on that. When you bunch of 
you know, when you got a bunch of young guys on cheap contracts, there's a ton of space for vets, but you got to figure out how not to overpay. Well, he backs himself into a corner, first of all, with Kevin Porter, which he's still paying for. He thought Porter would be a good rotation piece going into this year, you know, and, and you could go all, all about the Kevin Porter saga prior to this year, but that was a lot of money for a rotation piece. And basically he had a bunch invested there. Not only does he not have them, he spends a bunch of seconds just to hold on to that salary spot, meaning he can't improve the roster. He also screwed up on Brooke Lopez. And again, threw away a bunch of seconds on Lopez, got left with the worthless money in Landell. I had no issue with overpaying Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks a little bit, but the reason he's at that point was the inability to find cheap quality vets during the Silas years. And Michael, good GMs make mistakes all the time. Look, you're going to screw up. You, you go after Brooke Lopez, you think you got him, you don't have him. But Stone keeps making expensive mistakes he's not smart enough to wiggle out of. No, he's not. And the name the name that I want to replace him, and it's a, it, to me this would be a home run hire, go get Bob Myers. Bob Myers figured it out in Golden State for so many years with so many of those guys that you just talked about. The the Kevon Looney's of the world, the Iguodala's, the I mean, the list goes on and on. And the, the problem with Stone is that Stone gets credit for building this roster. Okay, first of all, you haven't won anything. Second of all, okay, so what are the hits on this roster right now? You look at Jalen Green. Jalen Green what fell into his lap because they didn't get the number one pick. Same thing with Jabari. You can give him credit for Cam Whitmore. Cam Whitmore was the obvious pick at 20 when the Rockets were sitting there and he fell into his lap. I give him credit for Tari Eason, but Tari Eason at this point is nothing more than a, a good role player. He hasn't played in two months, and who knows what's going on with the arthritis in his knee. I give him credit for Shangun. I do not give him credit for, for Van Fleet. Uh, Jeff Green, I don't give I give him credit for Jeff Green. Uh, but Van, uh, Van Fleet, Dylan Brooks, and Ime Udoka fall in the realm of Tillman Fertitta because Tillman Fertitta was willing to open up the piggy bank to go get those three guys. That doesn't fall on Stone. It does well, not. Well, here's the thing, though. Stone... I don't know if he had anything to do with it, but Stone, you know, had some part of the process in sure. Udoka. Udoka is a great hire. I don't think anybody's complaining about Udoka. There, there are minor things that we're not happy about with Udoka. Maybe as a coach, there are things that he could do a little bit better, but Udoka was in the finals less than two years ago and yeah. he's here and he's here with Stone here. So either Stone had something to do with hiring him or Stone was good enough to get along with Udoka and convinced him that he would be good enough. So you, you in, in a way, you have to credit him for Udoka. And if you're crediting him for Udoka, you got to give him the credit for Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks and Jeff Green, which are the moves that, you know, Udoka wanted to make. Now, what, what, what we always do, and I think what there is, there's a lot of quote unquote rumors out there. Everybody said, well, I heard this and whatever. Everybody's saying they know you know, well, Stone liked this guy, but he didn't, you know, Stone wanted Shangun traded and everybody else, you know, and, and this other person wanted to keep Shangun around. And what I hear all this stuff and maybe all of that's the case. And maybe he just, you know, kind of backward, fell backward into a lot of this stuff. But look, Shangun, he was the steal of that draft. Tari Eason, I, I love the Tari Eason pick as soon as they made it. I thought, you know, there were other ways to go. There was a ton of other teams that made mistakes before they drafted Tari Eason. Tari Eason, you can say, well, he hadn't done anything. All I know is Tari Eason affects winning more than any other player on the Rockets team right now when he's on the court. The numbers say this. My eye test says it. Tari Eason, when he's out there, yeah, he's been hurt this year. Okay, he, it's his second year. Let's give him more than, you know, let's let's see if that's for his entire career. That guy is a, is a high, high-end role player in the NBA. That guy can be a, a super high-end role player. Ime Udoka compared him to Kawhi Leonard. He coached Kawhi Leonard. I'm going to take him at some degree of his word. It might be a little bit of an overstatement, but it's not the old, you know, John Lucas when he would compare somebody to, you know, somebody nuts or what, you know, it's like, that's, you know, look, he, he, he seems like he's a pretty, he's not full of hyperbole. Let me put it that way. And right. for, him, for him to say, 
you know, Kawhi Leonard, that's something. So the, the Tari Eason and the Shane Goon stuff, he got right. Kim Whitmore, you could say that was the obvious pick. Should have been obvious for about 10 picks before that, but he did it. Um, and, and you got to give him credit too, because he made the trade to move up from the back end of that first round up 10 picks. And that, that move got him Whitmore up eight picks. That was the Eric Gordon trade. And that was a really, really smart move to move up. And it got you a little in a little bit better conversation of what kind of pick that you could get. And he gets Cam. So he he's done good. We I hate everybody just disregards everything. There is nuance, but I agree with you in the big picture about it. Yeah, no, and I think you I think you put it perfectly. I I think he's done some good things. I think with the amount of situations he's been put in, I mean, you're bound to get it right a couple times. The bottom line is my hot take, he's gone after this year. I don't I don't think Udoka wants him here. I don't know that for a fact. They're just, they're on two different wavelengths to me. Although Stone's been a lifer in that organization. He's been there 20 plus years. He used to be the head. I want to say he was in their, their legal department. I don't know if he was chief counsel for the Rockets, but he's been in that organization for a while. I think it's a changing of the guard. I think the Rockets need to move on from him. There are things with this roster, again, that I just, I don't like. I don't think I'm in the the, the small pool of people. Shangun's not a center. They're, they're, misplaced, they're misplaying him at the five. That's, that's a huge problem that the Rockets have. They're not going to win anything at a high level with him as their starting center. I'm not saying he shouldn't be here. I'm not saying you don't give him an extension. He is not a center. So we're running into this problem. I, 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 here's, a, here's where I'm going to disagree with you on that. Yeah. Oh, of this, course. This, this is, you know, we're in, first of all, I think when people talk about this position or that position, I mean, this is, if we're talking about that, we're, talk, we're, we're acting like this is the 1980s. It's positionless basketball. It's can Shangun be one of the guys on the floor? And you, when you have Shangun on the floor, you're going to have to put somebody next to him, another big. He's obviously a big. You're not telling me he's a small forward or a point guard, right? No, you're absolutely saying? not. No. Okay. So you're, you're, you have another big on the floor. Whoever that other big is, he's got to be a floor spacer and he's got to be somebody that can potentially make up a little bit for Shangun's defense, or you have to have other guys. Look, Shangun, whatever you want to say about him, the Rockets are seventh in the NBA and they're a top 10 defense right now. With Shangun playing nearly every, he's, has he missed a game this year? I, miss, I think he missed one game. So, you know, so Shangun basically has played the whole season, and they've got a really good defense, despite the fact that Jabari's only in his second year, that Jalen Green stinks on defense, that you know you've got a bunch of other guys that are rookies that are playing like Cam and Amen. I mean, it's 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 good enough what Shangun's doing. He's got look, Shangun's still got to be better, and his defense has fallen off. You know, as the schedules increase, and you expect that with the 21 year old in his third year taking on the role of like an All Star level center as far as that, that kind of usage, usage and stuff like that. But, you know, Shingun, I mean, he's fine where he's at. It's just, you, you got to put the right guys around him. And, and, and that's not, that wasn't going to happen overnight. Cause we didn't know what Shingun was. Cause we wasted two years on Silas. That's fair. And he's, he started in all 50 games. So he has played, appeared and started in all 50 games. And I agree with you. I think when I say he's not a center, that, that gets people, not you, but people just, like, Oh my God, Mike, you hate him. I'm like, no, I don't hate him. The problem is you put it perfectly. They're not putting the right guy next to him. Jabari is too finesse next to him. Too many times. I get the numbers. I'm not a numbers guy for the most part. I get it. We're a top 10 defensive team, but so many individual instances I can point out in game where he just gets bullied below or down low. He just gets manhandled by he's, these guys. He's 20. He's 20 though, right? Right. He is. The problem that I have is that when you bring in Ime Udoka, all of your expectations as a Rockets fan get heightened. This is not Silas anymore. This team being 23 and 27 are underperforming based on the moves they made in the offseason. That's the problem that I have with this team right now. I think they're playing well. I think it's much better than the last couple of years. I mean, good God, it couldn't get any worse. You know, but that's why looking at a deadline today where they just stood pat and didn't do anything is disappointing. That's the best word for it because they're holding on to this hope 
that they're going to be able to get a superstar. What happens if they don't? Then what? Yeah, well, the thing is, I, if you're asking me what happens if they don't get a superstar, I'm not yeah. worried about it because I, I actually think there, there are two, two all-star high-level guys on this roster, and I feel like there's a, a really great potential for a third guy. Uh, you know, look, I, you know, if, if you're asking me, I'm just going to be straight up honest with you and tell you they're the most talented guy on this team. And the guy that has the potential to be a top five or 10 guy is Cam Whitmore. Uh, he's, not, he's 19 years old and the guy can score 30 at the drop of a hat at, at the age of 19 years old. He's not going to be 20 until this summer. And he's the he looks like the most athletic player on the basketball floor every single night. He's got the mentality. He's got all of the stuff that Jalen doesn't have. He's bigger. He's stronger. He can play better defense. He can rebound better. You know, he, he's more explosive. He finish, He can finish at the basket better when he, as soon as he figures some things out. I mean, he, there's some stuff where he's missed on it, but my God, he's he's still scoring whatever it is, 25 per 36 right now. And I'm pretty sure when you and I did our last show together, I name dropped him a guy that I loved. He's baby Kawhi Leonard. Look at his game. He passes the eye test. The well, dude is the dude is a monster. I wouldn't compare him to Kawhi. He never had that sort of athleticism. He's not going to be that no. defensively, but... Uh, cerebral. He's cerebral I, like Kawhi is. Well, That's no, what I love. I love the guy. No, uh, Whitmore? You yeah. talking about Whitmore? No, I'm talking I, about Kim Whitmore. No, I, cerebral. You talk about cerebral, smartest guy on the team. As far as basketball IQ, well, not, that, uh, is, we're talking about, I mean, I'm in Thompson is light years above all of these guys, except for maybe Fred, who's does what he does at under six feet tall and has stayed in the league with his, his brain. But I mean, he may, I mean, uh, excuse me, I'm in Thompson is that guy is, but Cam, I, I, I'm still trying to figure out because he's still, he's still, you know, I, I don't know about his IQ because I'm still wondering about he's missing open guys as far as passing goes. He doesn't see that when two or three guys come at him, he doesn't know, okay, where's the open guy, you know, that stuff. I still want to see, and can he develop that? And is that in him? But I, I, I'm going to give him that opportunity because I spent three years, you know, looking for Jalen Green to do some, some of that stuff. And it's come along at a glacial pace at best. Yeah. And when I say cerebral, I mean, the guy just sees the game so well. He just, he attacks in the right spots, can shoot, he can pass, he can rebound, he plays defense. I love Cam Whitmore. Love Cam. I like Amen Thompson. I don't love him yet. He can't shoot. That's the problem with Thompson is that he can't shoot, but he does everything else. I mean, I'm looking here. I mean, he had 17 minutes a game. He averages seven points, five rebounds, three assists. He's got to steal a game. He's got a block. The Rockets, he's a part of the roster. It's a logjam, right? Because you look at Amen Thompson and he screams, he should be your starting point guard starting next year. But then what do you do with Van Fleet? Cam Whitmore well, should be starting. I mean, Van, Van Where? I, I don't care about him. I don't care about Van Vliet. He can play off ball. He can play off the bench. You know, he, he's got a lot. Of, you need right now. You, you don't have rotation guys. You need a, a Van Vliet, even if he's playing 25 or 30 minutes. And I know everybody is going to scream and like, oh, my God, we're playing a guy 40 million. Forget the salary. We didn't pay Van Vliet because he was going to be worth $40 million physically. We paid for him to bring in the leadership, to, to mentor these guys, which, which he's doing, to, to bring that winning, which, you know, the fact that they are close to 500, that, that is totally on Van Vliet until he got run into the ground by Udoka. You know, he, he had done a great job out there. And the thing is, and, and I would say, though, the third guy, you, you were talking about him, Amen Thompson, that, that's the third guy that I think could be a star player. And look, if he can't shoot, you know, we've seen guys recently that, can't shoot, but are all-star level guys. Russell Westbrook, and I know Westbrook shoots better than Amen Thompson, but Amen Thompson is also a better passer. He's better at defense. He's better at other things than Russell Westbrook. And then you got Ben Simmons. 
And and Ben Simmons and Amen Thompson are probably the closest. That's the closest thing that you can say. But Amen Thompson doesn't have the mentality of Ben Simmons, like I'm scared to shoot or whatever. And so, you know, when I look at Amen Thompson, I'm like, yeah, he can't shoot. But man, if you do everything else at an elite level, you can still be an all-star. And the guy, if you can figure out how to score when you can't shoot and he can, that, that's, that's, that's perfect. He's a good ball. Listen, he, he's, he has a good start. And something that I struggle with as a fan is this is year four of the rebuild. Like I'm tired of rebuilding. And I know that they're reaping some of those benefits of that rebuild now, i.e. Cam Whitmore, Shangoon taking that next step. Like all of these guys, it's great. I want results. The only thing that matters to me, I don't care about all-stars. I don't care about MVPs. I care about how close we are to winning a title. That's it. That's the only thing that matters to me as a fan. And sometimes that doesn't make for, for great shows, you know, that I do. It's because I focus on how we're, you know, that's great. Ahmed Thompson had a great game, but we lost by seven. Why did we lose by seven? How do we get to the promised land? And I think, I think who was it? I think it was Jackson Gatlin had a really good point on Twitter today that Rockets fans have to be able to say, in order to get there, they're going to have to give up some of this star youth. Now, who is it? Jalen Green is the name at the top of that list. You know, they're, they, the, what do they call it? The young six, the core six, however yeah. people want to look at this. They're going to have to give up some of those guys if they're going to acquire that superstar. When you look across the league, superstars are so hard to come by. Well, here's, here's the thing, though. You just talked about, and we both said we would probably give up Jalen to get Miles Bridges. Oh, yeah, Mikhail Bridges. I wouldn't I, do it for Miles. I'm sorry. Yeah, man, yeah. big mistake. Yeah, uh, right. Kevin Ford. I don't want to give up Kevin Porter Jr. Jr. Uh, yeah, right. uh, I don't want him. But yeah, no. If, if you you would give up that for my, where they are in this issue is here's the thing. You're you're trying to get a superstar. If you've got guys that you feel like can be that in a in an NBA that has totally changed the salary cap, and that and the beginning this summer, it's a it's a whole different deal, and so. I, I believe that you just go out and you spend the money right now on the high-end role players because I have the confidence in a couple of these guys that they're going to hit. I mean, look, Shingun was almost an all-star this year. Let's Okay, let's start with that. Shingun's mm-hmm. almost an all-star. Cam Whitmore, by next year, he could be, if he's playing 30 minutes a game, we could be talking about Cam Whitmore in the all-star conversation. So right. in my, and this is my feeling. I don't want to go out and get, because usually the guys that are available the superstars that are available, they're available because they're 30, 31, 32, 33. They're demanding a trade. Why don't you bi- why don't you keep building on these guys? And now we have a coach instead of Steven Silas that it's going to take these guys eight years to develop. Udoka is going to take it. He's going to he's speeding up that process by a ton. And let's do that. We don't I mean, I don't want to bring in broken down Joel Embiid. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, Joel Embiid's great, except he never. He never plays when 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 it comes in the postseason because he's always hurt. Or when he plays, he's playing yeah. on one leg. Like start naming off the superstars that you think you're going to get, and I'll give you like four thousand problems. And it's the reason why they're available. Why don't you just develop the guys that you've got, like Oklahoma City is doing, instead of trying to go out and grab that guy that's that's the the, the dream guy that's out there. I'm, I'm fine with the guys that we. I think that we've got the guys. Just give it another couple of years and actually put some players around them, like we talked about at Bridges. Yeah, I think it's a great point by you. I think the one thing that's being missed there is also the salary cap, right? You got to talk. Some of these guys are going to be up for extensions, you know, soon. What do you do with Jalen Green? What do you do with Shingun? You, you, know, sh- you trade Jalen Green. Um, Shingun, you sign him to that. It doesn't have to be like a, a, a jillion dollar max, but he's going to get the max. You know, what are you going to, so what does the deal look like for him? You're going to give him five years, 200 million? 
I would give him like a max, but not like a high max. But yeah, yeah. he's worth it. If he's an all-star, he's worth it. And look, you don't have to make the decision on Shingun at the end of this year. You can wait another year and see where he is. But I mean, look, if he's an all-star player, then that's the going rate. And then Jalen Green's gone, so you don't have to worry about that. We're three years away from worrying about Jabari and Tari. But Jabari and Tari, neither of those guys are max guys. We're talking about, you know, yeah. when they hit oh, the market, sure. they're going to be they're going to be making you know, like mid tier money and you could afford that. The, the guys that I think that you, that you don't start talking about that are four years away because I think Cam and Ahmed are the guys along with Shangoon are the guys that we're talking about. The 200, I mean, that's the $200 million question, right? Is would I give that to Shangoon? No, I wouldn't. He doesn't $200 million. I mean, it's, I get it. It's the going rate for all-star level players. I get it. He's just, I, lo I love him offensively. Good God, do I hate him defensively? I mean, he is so bad defensively. But like you said, I don't hate the notion of building around your youth. Your youth is what the Rockets have going for them right now. And they stood pat today. And that's okay. You know what? My feelings on this trade deadline are not for everybody. There are enough people out there, though, that I saw today that are not happy with what the Rockets did today. Time will tell. Time will tell who's going to be right. I'll just uh, say this quickly on Shangoon. Sure. He said he's not there defensively. I've watched the NBA for 40 years. Yeah. It, it takes big guys a long time. He came into the league super young. He's still only 21 years old. Right. He, at the beginning of the year, his defense had improved light years. And then the schedule and the the workload and everything that, you know, you you have to get used to once you become an all-star and, and the whole thing is on your shoulders. It started to get to him and he couldn't handle it. Give him another year. You might feel differently about his defense. You might feel better about where he's at. Give him another year of maturity. Give him another year of working in the offseason with Udoka. Let's let's do that with Shane Goon. Like, Akeem Olajuwon was not a finished product. You know, he was obviously he was a great defensive player when he came into the NBA, but he was not a finished product when he when he walked into the NBA. And and Akeem was definitely older than Shangun was when he got into the NBA. And and Akeem had worked against you know college guys in high end situations for three years with the University of Houston. It was a different story. He was going of up course. against Patrick Ewing, you know, a college Patrick Ewing, but a very you know, senior 21-year-old Patrick Ewing in the finals. So, like, give Shangun that chance. And and I want to just go back to this real quick because you were you talked about it earlier. Kelly Eco writes, Udoka wanted to make a big move. The front office wanted patience. Now, I agree with the patience, and I don't like the head coach totally controlling everything. That leads to panic moves. That scares me. I'm kind of glad that there is that in the front office. However, you talked about it. You wonder if you're starting to see the first signs in a rift between these two guys. It's always felt like a tenuous relationship to me because Udoka immediately he's got more power as soon as he's hired because of, you know, what he's done and what Stone has not done. And Michael just, I mean, we all know this. It's pretty obvious. Udoka knows more about basketball than Stone. He absolutely does. And it's so crazy that, you know, one of the final things I'll say is what's going on with the Texans and the Rockets is so fascinatingly similar, different sport. I get it, but look at, you know, you, you bring in D'Amico. D'Amico has more of the power than Casario does. It's obvious, especially after the success for this year. Same thing with Udoka. And when you have a difference of philosophies like Stone and Udoka have, because it is blatantly obvious, you're going to have problems. And we live in this world, and I'm as guilty of it as anybody. We In sports, we want immediate success. We bring these guys in. You need to succeed. You need to succeed right now. And it just doesn't happen that way. And I'm willing to be patient with the right regime in place. The problem is the Rockets do not have the right regime in place. They have the right head coach. They do not have the right general manager. They do not have the, the cohesion there, which means they're never going to build this together to a title-winning roster and team. 
if we had somebody different, I would be saying, I would be having a lot different feelings about this. But that's where I think this is going. I think it eventually ends in divorce this offseason. I think the Rockets move on from Stone. And I, for one, would be more than happy with that move. I wouldn't even care who they brought in, to be honest with you, because Udoka is the general of this thing. I, I mean, that's a guy that I would hitch my wagon to, and I trust explicitly to get this thing to where it needs to go. And they're on the, they're on the way. I agree with you. I think Shingun, all-star level player, I think they hit on Cam. I think this roster is going to be very, very good in a couple of years. How quickly can they expedite that rebuild? That's the ba- that's the major question here. And they didn't do. And the fact is, they didn't do anything at this deadline to help move that along quicker. And that, for me, is a reason why it's a disappointment. If I had to grade the trade deadline for the Rockets, I give it a C minus. Here's the deal with this or front the front office in this organization. The way I look at this is, go go check out the rest of the league. Ask the Lakers, about their, their fan base, about what they thought of this one and what they thought of some of what's been done with their organization in the last few years. We can go organization, but there is a lot of badly run NBA organizations and the Rockets have their issues. But Michael, you've got to somehow as a Rockets fan, look through all the smoke and go, you know, this is this is a glass half full situation. As long as Stone isn't around long term, running this into the ground, making those mistakes, they're still pretty good. The next few months and year are going to tell us a lot. And that's where you could start to get real scared, but they they got Udoka. Okay. Like every, there's a lot of, a lot of organizations that would love Udoka. The Detroit Pistons right now would love Udoka. Um, There's a lot of organizations that would love Shangoon to build on. There's a lot of organizations that wish they took Cam Whitmore and wish they took Tari Eason. And there's a lot of organizations that would be super excited about what Amen Thompson brings to the table. I mean, this is a fun and exciting team to watch. And it's coming along. There's it's fits and starts. You know, this is young guys. Some nights they look great. Some nights they don't. But I mean, I think I think we get upset about some of this stuff. And I think there are people out there that go, man, these are just like a bunch of old men always complaining because we see the potential. You and I, Michael, see the potential. Yeah, we do. And, you know, you brought up the Lakers. Lakers have won a title in the last five years. You can call it. You call it what you want. You can call the bubble title a fake title. It's still an NBA title because LeBron James basically. Yeah. You know showed up at their doorstep and they had literally zero to do with it because it was like, uh, Hey, we're the Lakers and this is LA. So come here. Agreed. And yeah, we, I just, I want to be, I want to win a title. You know, that's, that's the only thing that I care about. You know, I'm trying to, you know, see, I don't know how the phrase goes, see the forest through the trees or whatever, however you want to say it. Yes, I agree. You know, youth is fine. They struggle on nights. I, you know, I want to see them take the next step and, they didn't do it today, but maybe they'll do it. Oh God, what is today? Thursday. Tomorrow. They have a game tomorrow. Very exciting. And just a quick second, and I, I don't know what's going to happen by the time some people see this, but Robin Lopez and Joe Harris got bought out. Um, the Rockets have good money to spend on buyouts. You'd hope they'd grab somebody and finally quit completely wasting a roster spot on Boban. Biombo's probably a better option as a big, but Lopez at mm-hmm. least is out there. There are two veteran guys out there is what I'm saying. Lopez and Biombo. Oh. I, I, I would take either one of them over the wasted roster spot of Boban right now. Yeah, and and I love Boban. I got to interview Boban, uh, the nicest guy in the world, but he's a wasted roster spot. We're on the same page. Would love Joe Harris. Um, you know, I'm a little surprised that Reggie Bullock's signing hasn't worked out better. I just he's not getting enough minutes. I think it's his problem. I also think he's lost the step. Robin Lopez, he's. I mean, you and I are, are better options than Jock Landale. I would I would like Robin Lopez on this team for the rest of the year. I'm excited for Stephen Adams next year if he can come back healthy. Um, so all in all, it's another day in Rockets Nation. The sun will rise tomorrow, and we'll see how the rest of the season goes. I just want to see him make the playoffs. That, that's my ultimate goal. Get to the playoffs. 
what was it last year? A seven and an eight seed both made it to conference finals. If I remember that right, I think it was Lakers and the Heat, both at respective seven and eight seeds. I'm not saying that's the Rockets this year, but I'm saying you can't get to the dance if you're not invited to the dance. Remind everybody about your content. Man, thank you so much. First of all, awesome show with you always. Uh, if you guys want to check out the Kiss of Death podcast on uh, X, you can find us at Rockets FFSN. Follow me at Mike Brown underscore 2020. Over at Kiss of Death, we do a show after every single Rockets game, preseason, regular season, and postseason and publish it the same night. So a lot of great content with my partner, Jeremy Brenner, at Jeremy Brenner on X as well, and myself. Hey, thanks a bunch. And everybody out there, what do you think? Let us know. Get in the comments. We want to hear from you. Thanks, man. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.